0: Last week, we just kind of, we talked about um, the Holy Spirit and, and, and who he was. Uh, this, this week, we're talking about the, the, basically the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're kind of talking about tonight. And so, um, and so here's what happened. So we talked about when Jesus left the earth. Um, we talked about uh, following the resurrection right before Jesus left the earth and he went to heaven he told everyone he was leaving, and then he was like, oh, but wait a minute. I got one last thing to tell you. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm sending the comforter, the advocate, the helper. And he said this. This is Jesus. He said, and he will be with you. See, we've heard a lot about God. We've heard a lot about Jesus, but maybe you haven't heard a whole lot about the Holy Spirit, or maybe you've heard the name, or you maybe you've heard the term, but you haven't heard Or or it's never been really explained to you. And so that's what we're trying to do uh, last week and this week. Just trying to talk about it, explain it a little bit more. So last week I gave you five things. Everybody say five things. Last week I gave you five things about the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to cover them real quick. The first thing was that he convicts me. And if you ever feel convicted about your sin, you should be thankful. You should be thankful about that because that means that you're not so far from God that you, you've you turned him away. Or it means that you, you still feel you haven't turned him away so much that you don't feel his presence anymore. So you ought to be thankful that he still convicts you. The second thing was is that he comforts me. And when you're going through tough things in life, when you're going through struggles, through difficulties, the Holy Spirit is there to be our comforter. The third thing is that he leads me. Uh, he, he, I know in my life how he leads me. He kind of leads me with this kind of sense, or this, um, or, or a feeling, or sometimes like a prompting in my spirit, or maybe it might be a vision or a direction. But that's how the Holy Spirit he leads me. The fourth thing was is that he reminds me, and there's there are times, so many times in my own life, where I I lose who I am personally. In Christ, I lose that, and and what the Holy Spirit does is He comes and He, um, He comes around and and He reminds me of who I am in Jesus. There's times where He reminds me that God's put a great calling on my life. He reminds me of visions and dreams and plans that God has put on my life, and that's what He does. And the fifth thing was um, that He empowers me. He gives me the power to live the life that I'm called to live. Like I couldn't be standing here right now without the power of the Holy Spirit. My, my fear of not making a fool of myself or my, uh, or my shyness um, tries to keep me from doing big things for God, but I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life to give me the, the power to push forward and to push through that And to be able to stand up in front of people and to share who God is in my life. But he he works in power in so many other different ways too. Like when I am going to to tell other people about Jesus, he gives me that power and he gives me that strength to do that. So I want you to know this though tonight. You can write this down. God designed you to live life to the fullest. He didn't design you just to survive. He designed you to thrive. And that's for every single one of us. He didn't design us just to survive and just to barely make it through this life. He wants us to, to thrive. Uh, John 10.10 10 says that he gave us life. And he didn't say, hey, here's a the life. There you go. Go live it. He says, no, I give you life. But, but more than that, he's like, I give you an abundant life. Life more abundantly. And so it's never been God's intention. It's never been his intention For you to receive only some of his power, only some of what he's got for you, but rather to receive all that he has for us. Wouldn't you think if there is this uh, God, God, let's just say God, and he's got all these gifts that he wants to give people. Wouldn't you think we want to accept everything he's got to give And and nothing he gives is bad. Everything that he gives is good. It's a great gift. It's a good gift. Wouldn't you want to accept all that God has for us? See, it wasn't God's intention for you just to make it by, but instead for you to make a difference by trusting him with everything you've got, by believing that you will receive everything that he's got for you. So if you got your Bible tonight, we are going in the Bible to the book of Acts. We are going to the book of Acts, and we're going to start right in the beginning, Acts 1. Yes, thank you, sir. We're going to start in uh, Acts <clears throat> 1, 4, uh, verse 4. If you didn't bring your Bible, we've got the very magical Bible on the screen that you can follow along with. It says this. I want you to listen. Please listen tonight, because I-, I got a little bit of Scripture that I want to le- read, and I need you to catch this, this, this really... This is everything right here. He says this, And while staying with them, this is Jesus talking about Jesus. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, this is Jesus talking, You have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, so when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said this, he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Then he goes on, verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then, we're going to go to Acts 2, verse 1. We're going to bump down to the next chapter. It says this, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And the it says there were there were roughly about 120 people in this room. They were all together in one place, and suddenly... There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all, who, who how many people? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, this January of this year, it was the Sunday that we ended Winter Retreat. How many of you guys went to Winter Retreat? Yeah, it's my favorite thing that we do. It was the Sunday that we ended Winter Retreat. I was um, going to take Pastor Sam back to the airport to send him home. And there was a great friend of mine. He, he looks at Pastor Sam and I, and he's like, hey, let me buy you guys lunch before we go. And I was like, well, sure, okay, we can do that. So he takes us. This friend takes us to Hereford House. Any you guys ever been to Hereford House? Okay. So I don't, I'm not very experienced with Hereford House, but so we sat down, and my friend, he says this. He says, here, you guys, I want you to order anything you want on the menu. I'm paying for it. And I was like, you know, you, you do the courtesy. Like, are you sure about that? Like, no, you don't have to do that. Okay. You know, like, you really, you push back, you know, and you're like, yeah, you don't have to do that. And he, but he was like, no, 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 I insist. I want, I want to buy you guys lunch, and I want you to pick out anything you want on the menu. And so I'm looking at the menu, and I'm like, I like steak, and this is a steakhouse. And so my friend, he reaches over and points out this one on the menu, and he goes, this one's really good. You should try this one. And I don't even know what it's called because I'm typically like the eight ounce cheap steak guy, you know? And my friend, he was like, he's like, get that one. He's like, get the expensive one. This was one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. It was like butter. Like just melt in your mouth, straight butter. It was good. And, 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 it, was, it, and it was strange receiving something that was so great and it was paid for. And it was free. It was a gift. It, it, it was paid for for me to have. I didn't have to do anything for it. I just showed up and I received. It was a great gift that I didn't have to do anything for. Or, or maybe think about this. When you're a kid... You remember going to uh, maybe Worlds of Fun or maybe some amusement park. For me, growing up, it was Six Flags Over Texas in Dallas. That's where I wanted to go. Like, that was the spot. And so, and you, were, and, and you wanted to go to the theme park and you wanted to ride every single ride. And you wanted to be there from the time it opened to the time it, uh, it closed. You wanted to experience every single thing that place had to offer. See, oftentimes what we, and, and, and what someone does is someone pays for you to go. And it's a, you, it's a gift. You just go, you experience everything, you enjoy it. And, and oftentimes what happens is we settle for less than God's best. See, we don't even, we don't even try to receive everything that God wants to give us. And he, he's wanting us to receive and to experience and to know so much much more. He's wanting to give us great gifts and give us great things. See, we should want everything that he has for us and nothing less. See, and it's not even a selfish mindset. It's a godly mindset. He wants it for us, actually, he wants it for us more than we want it for ourselves. He wants to give us good gifts. See, his desire is for us to live life to the fullest, experiencing all the gospel, receiving everything that he has for us. And I don't know about you, but I want everything and nothing less. I wanna receive everything that God has and nothing less. See, if you're taking notes and and you're into titles or anything like that, tonight's message is titled, Everything and Nothing Less. Say that with me. Say everything Everything. and nothing less. Let's try that again. Everything Everything and nothing less. See, everything that God has to offer, he wants us to receive. Everything that he's got to offer, he wants wants to give it to us. He wants us to receive it. He offers us the opportunity to be saved from our sin, and he wants us to receive that. He offers us the opportunity to be discipled by Jesus through godly leadership and he wants us to take advantage of that. He, he offers us the opportunity to be called to do something great. And he wants us to step into that and to live in that in our lives. He offers us the opportunity of the Holy, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to receive that power. See, God wants us to be saved and fulfill his plan for our lives. But it's really, really difficult to fulfill God's plan without God's power. Let me say that again. It's really difficult to, to receive and to live out God's plan without God's power. And see, that's just, this is where the Holy Spirit, where the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes in. I want you to I want to read this to you, Acts 1.8. It says this, but you will receive what? Power. power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my what? Witnesses, Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. These, were, these, these words right here were the last words that Jesus said before he left this earth. That right there, what we just read, is the last thing that he said before he ascended into heaven. So tonight, if you're taking notes, I got four things real quick about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Four things you need to need. Last week, we talked about the who the Holy Spirit was. This week, we're talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so um, so four things that I want to give you, four questions about the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit. So the number one is what happened or what happens. So I want to read this to you. Um, in Acts 2, well, So so what happened, or or what happened then and what happens now? It goes like this, um, Acts 2, um, verse 2. It says, And uh, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. So what happens is you hear God's sounds. And the second thing, or actually these are kind of sub points, so I guess you would say 1, and this is 1A. So... 1A, they heard God's sounds. And so here's the deal. We hear things that God wants us to hear. We experience things. Well, we'll we'll get there, we'll get there. And then verse three. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. They saw God's sights. How amazing would that be to be in a room like this with a group of 120 people and all and you're you're praying you're worshiping you're seeking God with everything you've got and all of a sudden these these little it's explained it like a tongue of fire comes down and and rests like on top of your head not like burn your hair off like what happened here um that is what happened so that's my story um but no like how how amazing would that be so you you hear God things you see you you see God's sights like we begin seeing things in situations that God wants us to see when you're filled with the holy spirit the The third thing is this or see um they felt God things um see, we begin to feel God's presence and we begin to sense Him in a whole new way when we experience him and the the d I guess. Uh, is they spoke God God's words. Verse four, it says this, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Jess, could you put that um, Acts uh, two verse back up there? Yeah. Look at verse four. And they were all filled. How many people? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, here's what happens. We begin to speak in a heavenly language that doesn't make sense to the natural or in the natural. I'm gonna help you guys out in case you couldn't see that. So, real quick, we hear God sounds, you see God's sights, you feel God things, and you speak God words. Second, number two is this. Why did or does this happen? And this happens is, is um, yeah, this happens for the reason to give power to the believers. To give power to the believers. And the reason why we, ha- we are given this power of the Holy Spirit is so that others can be saved and so that others can be healed. See, he fills us with his Holy Spirit so we can be useful to other people. So we can reach other people. So he can use us to, God can use us to heal other people, to touch other people, to, to bring salvation to other people's lives. We are not the savior, but he uses us in powerful ways to reach other people. And the next thing is this, um, to fulfill the promise of God. So why, are, why did or does it happen? It happens to fulfill the promise of God. So let me, let me ask you, do you want to hear tonight? You want me to tell you the promise of God? Yeah. Let me tell you a couple of things real quick. If you got your Bible, it'll be on the screen as well. Joel 2, 28 and 29, it's, it says this. I will pour out my what? Yeah. My spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I'm still seeing visions, so... Not old yet, just so you guys know that. Um, In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. I love that our God is not a respecter of of high class or low class or servants or slaves or men or women. He loves us all together. And then Matthew 3.11, it says this. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming, I'm sorry, this is John the Baptist talking here. He says, I baptize with water for those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming who is greater than I am and so much greater than I am, uh, so much greater that I'm not worthy to even to be his slave and carry his sandals. says this, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You want to hear another promise? Acts 1, 4 and 5, it says this, and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift as promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in just a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, the promise in all three of these verses is to fill them with the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. It's to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And he wants the same thing for us, to us to experience that, to know that, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So number three, the third thing is this, and I'm trying to rush through this, that that way we can talk about it and then that we can experience it. The third thing is this, who did or can this happen for See in Acts one fifteen it says there were about one hundred and twenty people in the room seeking the Holy Spirit, and then later on down on down in verse two, uh, two verse four it says this they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So everyone who sought God and waited, see. In that whole room of 120 people, only about 10% of those people were Jesus' apostles, like his closest people. And and this day, what happened on this day is called the day of Pentecost. And, And who did this, who did or who can this happen for? See, you can't receive from God without his help. It's, it's a it's a partnership it's like it's it's divine cooperation it's it's not all God but it's not all you it's it's us working together with the power of God and let, allowing him and opening up our hearts to receive from him and then he is wanting to give to us it's It's a divine cooperation. So the fourth thing is this. How did or does it happen? How does this happen? This baptism in the Holy Spirit thing, this whole, this whole stuff, how did it, it happen? And, and this is really important. I want you to know this. Here's how it happens. If, if this is what you're seeking, the gifts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the first thing is what was they pursued Jesus. That's the most. You don't, you don't pursue the Holy Spirit. You don't pursue speaking in tongues. You don't pursue these gifts. You pursue Jesus. And, and what happened in this room on the day of Pentecost, the, the seekers, the people in that room, began to actively pursue Jesus. That's it. That's what it was all about, pursuing Jesus. They get as close to Jesus as possible. It's not just something that, that Jesus does, but it's who he is. And the second thing they did, or B, sub point. So it happened, they pursued Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them. See, the, the indwelling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is, is internal. It that that happens on salvation, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is external. It's when the power of God comes upon us. So the indwelling is inside of us. The, the, all that happens on salvation. But the um, baptism is external. It, it, so how do you know this? When you're chasing after Jesus as, and you're wanting to be as close to him as you possibly can, and, and it doesn't happen the same, I, I can't like give you a formula and you like, you take these steps and you do these things and you, you hold your hand just right and you tilt your head this way. You're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That there's not a formula. There's not a set way to receive. But how, how you know or how you feel is that all of a sudden you, you feel, it's even hard to describe. You, you feel just this power and this presence of God on your life. And, and, and this, the, the, you're just suddenly aware of the Holy Spirit on you. This, the third thing is this. Uh, sorry, they pursued Jesus. The Spirit came upon them. And the third thing is they spoke the Spirit's words. So a lot of times we get into this situation. We're like, I don't, what am I going to say? What am I supposed to say? I don't know what to say. This is bizarre. This is kind of weird. I'm not sure about this. Here's what you do. You simply trust God and you speak. You simply trust God and you speak. You won't, you won't know what it is, so don't try to know what it is. And here's the deal. We have to be trusting with God and we have to be trusting with God enough to just open up our mouth and not know what we're going to say. And 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 God will give you the words. See, the natural mind can't comprehend the supernatural ways of God. It's, it's difficult sitting here and trying to think, well, this doesn't make sense. Why would we do this? I don't understand this. This language is weird. This is bizarre. It, it's, it's not natural for us to understand a supernatural God. See, there's got to be a moment of faith that takes place when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> that God is, is a gift that God wants to give to everyone who desires to receive it. And and we can't control how or when it'll take place or when it'll happen or where it will happen. But we know the only one who can make it happen. See, our our part, here's the role that we play. Our part is that we trust him, is that we trust him. That's it. We, 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 we grow close to him and we trust him with everything, everything we have, believing that God will give us everything that he wants us to have and nothing less.